Welcome into today's Illini in the Brack podcast for today, February 29th, 2024. It's your quick daily podcast on everything going on today in Illini Bracketology, including fallout from recent games, where the Illini stand right now, and which of today's games should be on your radar. What just happened? Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's start off with a quick review of last, and let's also take a minute to appreciate the offenses in that game. I'm going to go ahead and read a tweet from Jared Burson right after the game. He's a stats guy. Illinois and Minnesota combined to average 1.54 points per possession tonight. Out of the tens of thousands of Division I games played over the last 15 seasons, this game had the highest combined offensive efficiency of any of them. That is how rare what we witnessed last night was. Just a remarkable performance on offense for both teams. 1.54 points per possession is absolutely insane for two teams, for two Big Ten teams in a Big Ten game to have. And the funny thing is, you know, Illinois got over 100, and this was only 66 possessions. If this had been a normal amount of possessions in this game, both teams could have expected to score, you know, five, six, seven, eight more points. So we could have had a game something like 115 to 105 or something like that. It was just a an insane offensive performance. There was insane shot making in this game. I actually felt it was kind of similar to the FAU game this year, which was also a really fun game. This game not as fun because it was kind of more tensed up and like we shouldn't lose to this Minnesota team whereas when we played FAU at the time it was like oh we're up against the top 15 team in a neutral environment this is just fun back and forth this was a similar kind of game and Minnesota is uh you know they're not going to make the tournament this year and that's a shame because right now they're they're playing at a pretty high level um especially offensively so I, I did predict an 86-80 to 80 game. I thought it would be, you know, good offensive game. Instead, we got 105-97. to 97. I did not predict the most efficient offensive game of any game in the last 15 years. So that, I didn't see that one coming. I did see a lot of offense, and, and we, we did get that. I had identified three things prior to the game. I said Minnesota's been on a really good offensive run. Lately, they had just come off the real stinker at Nebraska, but you could see that they were rounding into form offensively and especially shooting threes. So I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for that one. Then I identified that we should be shooting lots of free throws and that Illinois should have the advantage. I saw both teams fouled a lot and were fouled a lot. And in this game, that wasn't a huge factor I didn't think we had kind of an average free throw rates for both Illinois did have have the advantage had had a better free throw rate but it didn't seem the story of the game to me I also identified Illinois as being better at rebounding and Illinois did have a 43% offensive rebound percentage and only allowed 27% offensive rebounds but there weren't a lot of rebounds to be had both teams shot about 70% from the field but obviously the the rebounds did make a difference so again I, th- I think most of those things came came to pass I just in no way did I see you know 70 percent three-point shooting for Minnesota things like that it was outrageous offensively so I do, I do want to appreciate the offense uh, we'll, we'll kind of get to the defense 
a little bit tomorrow. Tomorrow's uh, stretch is a little light, so we'll, we'll get to the defenses then. But offensively, just absolutely uh, insane. Please go read about it. Illinois has the most efficient offense in the country over the past 10 games. Uh, and Minnesota is actually 19th in the country over the past 10 games and fourth in three-point field goal percentage. So if you're worried about the defense and how could you not be, just, you know, this isn't two years ago Minnesota team. This is this is a, a good offensive team. So it's understandable that someone could give up a lot of points to them. Maybe not as many as we're actually giving up, but, you know, let's just keep it in perspective. An encouraging thing about Illinois being the most efficient offense uh, over the past 10 games and really one of the most efficient offenses the entire season is that they've done it in every way in terms of, you know, you have the four factors. You have shooting, offensive rebounding, free throw rate, and not turning it over. Illinois is one of the top teams. You know, they're not, like, blistering in any of these categories, but they are a well-above-average team in all of these categories. They do all of these things well makes them really tough to defend. There's no real weakness. I do have a little bit of a worry about the not turning it over thing. One of the uh, ways that we don't turn it over is that we play in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten has quite a few teams who do not attempt to force turnovers, Minnesota included. Um, None are quite as extreme as Illinois at that. Really, the only high turnover teams in the Big Ten, you're looking at Rutgers or Maryland or Penn State. This problem reared its ugly head against Penn State, where we turned it over, especially down the stretch, and it ended up costing us. I do worry that when we play teams better than Penn State that also attempt to dictate what we do offensively instead of kind of sitting back and, and allowing us to do things, which a lot of Big Ten teams are, are more apt to do. Another example would be Michigan State towards the end of that game. They kind of pressured us into turnovers. We, you know, ended up coughing it up, but that's what happens when you pressure teams into turnovers. They They might make mistakes, and that's something that we don't face a lot in the Big Ten and in the NCAA tournament that, you know, teams will pressure us, especially if they're behind, you know, late. We 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 do a decent job against it, but we, we need to be more prepared for it than we saw in the Penn State game anyway. I'll get into more of the defensive side, and obviously there's a lot to be talked about there, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. Let's get into the rest of the results from last night. Auburn lost at Tennessee. This is a good result for Illinois. Tennessee almost certainly going to be ahead of Illinois. Tennessee really one of two or three teams kind of in conversation for the last number one seed. I don't see Illinois passing Tennessee, but Auburn is right there. Uh, So this denied Auburn a chance at a Q1 victory. I don't think it's going to ding Auburn too much. Losing at Tennessee, just like it shouldn't ding Illinois too much that they lost at Tennessee. But nevertheless, they did lose, so that's a good result for Illinois. It was actually a good game, too. Um, Every other result went against Illinois. Louisville got blown out at Duke, as expected. Iowa State beat Oklahoma at home, again, as expected. South Carolina wins at Texas A&M. 
you know, I'm still not super worried about South Carolina, but they're they're hanging around there. They're they're one of the teams that you'd kind of like to see in your bracket if you're Illinois, I think. Seton Hall was not able to get it done at Creighton. Creighton just blew them away, and Alabama also had a victory at Mississippi. Arizona won at ASU. I don't see Illinois passing Arizona, but should include it here just in case. Moving on. Guys, where are we? Looking into the brackets, not a lot has changed really as the result of this. Illinois still in the last last four seed position in the brackets. Perhaps Auburn with a loss, even though it's a minor loss, but just makes their metrics look a little worse as they drop down. Another remarkable thing about last night's Minnesota game is Illinois scored 100 on a team and beat them, and somehow that team moved up from quad three to quad two. That might be the only time that's ever been pulled. So Minnesota is now 75th in the net. That game is now a quad two win. I think Illinois now is four and five in quad one, six and two in quad two. So it's annoying that these metrics being the way they are with these hard cutoffs kind of have the effect they do, but it does have a psychological effect. And so we're going to keep mentioning it. It's better that Minnesota is 75th in the net than 76th because it gives Illinois an extra win in those first two quadrants. And that's while, while people kind of dig deeper, that's the first thing a lot of people look at quad one, quad two, and Illinois quad two is looking uh, very, very good right now. The problem is the quad one, especially the high quad one games, Illinois has not been able to break through. They will have their opportunities coming up very soon. Let's look at tonight's games. Next. Tonight, very little on the docket and all of it out on the West Coast at 9.30 p.m., USC is at Washington State University. Washington State University currently a six in the bracket matrix. This is on uh, the Pac-12 network. USC has not been good. Washington State is has been you know a surprise team out in the Pac-12, and they're a possible matchup should Illinois get that coveted three seed. Washington State is a possible you know six seed or possible five to Illinois four in the bracket so it might be worth watching if you get Pac-12 network which you don't at 10 p.m. St. Mary's also a six seed in the matrix going up against Pepperdine this is on CBS Sports Network so maybe you get that one Pepperdine got beat by 44 last time these two teams played St. Mary's has been doing very well out in the WCC I expect St. Mary's to win, but obviously any loss here would just knock them well behind Illinois, give them a, a horrible loss, and wouldn't have to think about them for the foreseeable future. The last game is not super relevant to Illinois. Gonzaga at San Francisco. Gonzaga is right now an 11 seed. I don't see any way that they can pass over Illinois. But Gonzaga at San Francisco is on ESPN2 at 10 p.m. That should be a good game. The San Francisco team did win at Minnesota earlier blew them out, I believe. So that's just a good game to watch. There are some other games as far as like Big Ten bracketology. Ohio State is hosting Nebraska. So if Ohio State beats Nebraska, I believe that 
solidifies a top four seed in the Big Ten tournament for Illinois. Perhaps, perhaps they will still need to win one, but I believe it's a good result for Illinois if Nebraska loses. Most of the other games are not relevant. And that is all for today. Thank you for listening to Illini in the Bracket. Give us a quick five-star review if you like what I'm doing here. I'm very appreciative of it, and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode.